0: My name is Christopher Peter and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review, your source for common sense commentary on our current events with a focus on facts, evidence, and data. America has spoken and its decision must be heard, verified, and accepted. The midterms are largely behind us, despite many final contests still to be decided. The expected red wave did not happen. But political waves might not be a thing for America right now given our political rigid divided society. Our elections are more than power grabs. Elections are the vehicle that our American democracy requires to determine who will be tasked with serving the public's interest and what those interests will be. Our sacred institution has become clouded with the worst intentions of our political leanings, which we will discuss further later. The biggest takeaway from the midterms is that Americans are telling both parties that they see major flaws in their agendas and would rather have a federal government hamstrung than continue with partisan one party rule of the legislative process one way or the other. In fact, Voters have decided that nothing will get done unless there is real compromise, negotiation, and bipartisanship in our Congress. That may not be the real intentions of the individual voters, but that is what we will enjoy for the next two years. And it may be what we need. Joe Biden will face a test of his leadership, but I find it hard that a person who claimed Republicans are a threat to our democracy and basically branded them as fascists will be able to form the real relationships needed. Real leaders understand a major part of leadership is fostering situations where people allow you to show leadership. He may want Republicans to excuse some of his words as ramblings of a grumpy old man, but many attacks you cannot walk back. Many progressives are quick to criticize governing principles like bipartisanship, but they do not understand how bipartisanship protected America from the ills of partisan government and political extremism. Americans are not experiencing quality leadership from their president and have not seen it for quite some time. In Biden, we clearly see a leader that lacks capacity and has little to no interest in being a unifier, which he promised to be. He has neither the political incentive to do so nor the ability. Prior to him, Donald Trump was a firebrand leader who may have enjoyed many policy successes, but personally turned off many in the public. Americans want a thriving economy, but also want less chaotic behaviors from the person who leads them. His predecessor, Barack Obama, was a great order and had a unique knack for speaking to emotions of his base but Obama can be credited with ushering in this era of single-party interests in our federal government. His governing principles normalized partisan one-party rule, where he viewed Republicans as an unnecessary obstacle rather than a partner in the legislative process. Great speaker but his words did little to unite us. Rather he solidified our political differences. It has been some time since America has had a leader in the likes of a Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton, both of whom effectively worked with congressional majorities of opposing parties to achieve quite a bit for the American people. Joe Biden struggles to lead his own party in White House. We cannot expect much more from him as he continues to decline. In many ways, a divided government is what is best for America as we march towards 2024. Republicans and Democrats will try to use this period to set the stage for trying to win the White House, both houses of Congresses, and much more in what will most likely break the record for campaign spending on both sides. It is important that we understand what we need to seek in candidates for this election. There is a slight chance that 2024 becomes a rematch of 2020 or 2016. No one knows for sure if Joe Biden will attempt to run in a presidential contest where he must face the voters in a more frequent manner. It is becoming more likely that Donald Trump will try to return to power, despite his best efforts to alienate his party's voter base. But we have to hope that both sides will decide to offer better options for American voters. We must acknowledge that America does not need a president that obsesses with going viral on social media or one that takes pride in delivering divisive quips about their political opponents to biased media outlets. We do not need to see our president on late night circuits. We need our leaders to be seen offering ideas and solutions rather than not so subtle criticism of their opponents. We need leaders in all areas of government that give us confidence in their abilities to do the jobs they run for and deliver the results we demand of them. In this past cycle, Americans told our political candidates from both parties that the biggest issues they needed to address were the deteriorating condition of our economy, the lack of safety in our communities, and our rights and freedoms. Both parties seemed to punt on issues important to voters. Democrats wanted to shift the conversation to threats to our democracy and abortion. Republicans did not effectively address the controversies with the abortion issue, not countering the purposefully distorted claims Democrats made about their position on the issue. It is clear that Democrats could care less about the condition of our economy and our communities and Republicans are scared of social issues. So, it is not surprising that Americans choose to put the federal government on a two-year timeout. The things important and necessary will get done, but agenda items will face challenges and limited success. In the future, hopefully both parties will listen more closely to the voters and not cherry-pick issues that are convenient to them. That is a great way to cede ground unnecessarily to your opposition. I hope that Americans will not hold on to and obsess about the emotions of this election cycle or anyone for that matter. Rather move forward with hope, optimism, and enthusiasm to continue fighting for a more stable, prosperous, free, united, and safe America. Our fight to protect our democracy from extremism on either side does not end with one result, but with the constant focus to advance freedom, free markets, opportunity, diversity, growth, national security, the rule of law, and our American values. Americans must not serve as cheerleaders to the interests of our political leaders but understand that it is the people who are the source of power for our democracy. We are citizens, not subjects, and should never feel an obligation to support one party or the other without candidates justifying our support.
1: My name is Jennifer Smith and welcome to the CRC Conversation segment on the Christopher Peter Review. The Republicans squandered a major advantage. A failing unpopular president, a struggling economy on the edge of decline, a society struggling with crime, and Democrats completely responsible for all of it. In a normal environment, Republicans would have won with a red wave larger than what we experienced in 2010. Yet, voters did not feel justified enough to truly hold Democrats accountable. Rather, they chose a divided government. The failure comes largely down to candidate quality, proper messaging, and strategic campaigning in areas where Democrats were most vulnerable. Republicans offered many candidates that were reminiscent of the somewhat popular Trump firebrand, but lacked the standalone credibility to gain an advantage to local Democrats who were willing to buck their own party for their own political interests. Therefore, Republicans made themselves vulnerable to the fear mongering narratives Democrats used to distract from their collective record. Also, Republican candidates really struggled to talk about their stance on abortion, where they enjoy the real mainstream position. Democrats labeled many of their candidates as being supporters of complete bans without any exceptions, which is a blatant distortion. But Republicans did not push back enough to offer a counter-argument to show Democrats are the party that went too far on the extreme on the issue and they are reeling it back to the traditional compromise. No woman should have to face prosecution for choosing their life when there is a real and legitimate health issue. But, abortion should not be a taxpayer-supported option of birth control. They want to make the claim that it is only when there is a health issue, but we know why abortion clinics are always placed in heavily impoverished minority areas. Republicans need to address social issues and offer a contrasting vision to the constant leftward shift on these important issue areas. So what are the high points for both parties? Republicans push Pelosi out of power and Democrats show they can continue to elect non-functional candidates with the help of Pennsylvania a state with a public education system ranked in the bottom fourth of America. This cycle was a big loss for Republicans, who had so much to potentially gain. But, Americans will face the biggest consequences, as Biden will still be able to appoint and gain approval for radical appointees. Republicans find ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Especially in an environment where they made great inroads with minority voters. More work to be done for their part.
0: I agree that Republicans had an issue with candidate quality. Just because there is a general level of anger and dissatisfaction with Democrats does not allow you to run candidates that do not connect without a broad spectrum of support. Maybe Pennsylvania is not smart enough to differentiate between a non functional candidate and one who could do the job. But, Pennsylvania primary voters should have considered how well a candidate that is not really domiciled in the state could connect with local voters. Even the most progressive PA voters became border voters in this Senate race. There were many areas where candidate quality made it hard for local independents to choose a Trump-backed candidate when there were more moderate or center-right Republicans that would probably have won. We also must consider the impact of the election interference with Democrats spending to support candidates they thought would be easier to defeat. For a party that claimed to be a defender of our democracy, this is something that should not be acceptable.
1: The biggest outcome of the midterm election cycle might have occurred with a person not listed on a single ballot. Despite all the investigations and biased attacks, Donald Trump still figured to be a formidable candidate in the upcoming Republican primary for the nomination. Trump enjoys a loyal and significant base that would make it hard for any challenger to overcome. Many who would still support him because of the unresolved sentiment from 2020. But, Trump did himself a major disservice by again making the situation about himself and his ego rather than trying to maintain support in spite of potential competitors who saw their stock rise significantly. I think, at least for the short term, Trump did significant damage to his political brand by attacking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is a rising star of the Republican Party. To this day, Trump still does not understand the need to not alienate members of his own political party.
0: Trump served a purpose for Republicans showing them that you can be a bold defender of conservative politics, even if you are not the greatest example of conservative principles. He showed Republicans that you can fight back and push back against Democrat narratives, biased media, and establishment politicians. Whether you support Trump or not, he was the epiphany for Republican candidates, who cater to a Republican base that wants to see their candidates fight for Republican ideas and policies. But, Trump never understood that you need to be that firebrand that can fight against establishment politicians, but you need to not go that far in that your own political party is fractured. This is not 2015 anymore. There are more candidates who share the policy views of Trump, but have a more disciplined political aura. These candidates may be better options as they will face less opposition from independent and moderate voters turned off by commentary and behaviors by Trump. He all too often puts himself first and his ego gets him in trouble all too often. There are many legitimate reasons to support Trump. But I think he made a miscalculation on some of the statements he made on election day and his attacks on the popular Florida governor.
1: I think Trey Gowdy made an interesting observation that America has become a divided society, which he described the two factions as being blue no matter who and red until you are dead. Discussing candidate quality is nice, but it does not matter if voter bases become rigid cheerleaders of their respective parties. There are many people who claim to be independent, but are reliable and obedient Republican or Democrat voters. So the idea that we can reduce partisanship or rigid ideology from society is not reality. The focus is generally independent voters, but they may no longer exist.
0: I do think there are still independent voters out there. But, I think how voters learn about issues is much different between Republican and Democrats, conservatives and liberal, older and younger. Republicans and conservatives read newspapers and watch news. Not that Democrats and progressives do not but I believe they are more impacted by what they experience on social media. And they are more emotion-driven, where conservatives are more cynical-type voters. Also, I do not think Republicans and conservatives truly understand how much politics is infused in our culture. In movies, entertainment, and other facets. Consider the number of daytime shows, evening shows, and the late-night talk shows that serve as political advocates. So much content that normalizes political views. Many conservatives will watch shows and movies and filter out the unwanted bias. But, I do think that people feel the media is reflective of real life when it is not. Social media trends are not authentic. There are many echo chambers that push ideas that common sense would make you reject if you critically thought about it. More content focuses on normalizing fringe behaviors than advocating for good values and principles. Or simply not indoctrinating at all. So I think we cannot be completely surprised when we see people behave outside of the expectation. Many regurgitate sentiments from unproven sources without vetting.
1: One issue that I was disappointed to see not prevail was the ballot measure that would require doctors to provide medical services to babies who survived abortions. I am not sure why that would be controversial. We must be a nation that protects innocent life. I do think we are making good progress in the fact that more people are choosing not to terminate pregnancies than in the past. But... We need to do more to advocate for pro life services and help protect those innocent lives who are the voiceless.
0: I do think there are still independent voters out there. But, I think how voters learn about issues is much different between Republican and Democrats, conservatives and liberal, older and younger. Republicans and conservatives read newspapers and watch news. Not that Democrats and progressives do not, but I believe they are more impacted by what they experience on social media. And they are more emotion driven, where conservatives are more cynical type voters. Also, I do not think Republicans and conservatives truly understand how much politics is infused in our culture. In movies, entertainment, and other facets. Consider the number of daytime shows, evening shows, and the late-night talk shows that serve as political advocates. So much content that normalizes political views. Many conservatives will watch shows and movies and filter out the unwanted bias. But, I do think that people feel the media is reflective of real life when it is not. Social media trends are not authentic. There are many echo chambers that push ideas that common sense would make you reject if you critically thought about it. More content focuses on normalizing fringe behaviors than advocating for good values and principles. Or simply not indoctrinating at all. So I think we cannot be completely surprised when we see people behave outside of the expectation. Many regurgitate sentiments from unproven sources without vetting.
1: Organizations should be able to hire candidates they feel is the best fit but hiring managers or business owners should have a thorough search with a diverse pipeline of candidates to ensure the best candidate is hired. Much was made about the Indianapolis Colts hiring former player Jeff Saturday as an interim head coach. The NFL has rules that require teams to interview minority candidates for coaching hires, but it does not apply to interim appointments. Now that Jeff Saturday won his first game, some critics are reversing course or changing their tune slightly. Should this be a controversial situation when the team says it will have a traditional coaching search in the off-season?
0: I understand why the hire is controversial. I heard many points of view on the situation. Some point out the impact on the broader issue of racial disparities. Others point out the clear lack of experience. I can agree to set aside the race-based argument because the organization has a history of hiring diverse candidates in the past and committed to executing a compliant search at a later date. But even setting that aside you can still take issue with the decision to overlook all the individuals who currently work in the building. Seems wrong to disregard people who also aspire to advance their careers and already contribute to your organization. In baseball, basketball, and hockey, external interim hires are not out of the norm. But, football is largely viewed as a more intricate and process-focused sport, so one would reasonably question whether it would be feasible to acclimate a coach in such a short time frame. But, it worked at least for the first week. But, If you are a member of the current coaching staff, I think you must realize that you do not have any chance of making it through the off-season search. But, you still have a paying job to do. Jeff Saturday seems like a very likable and knowledgeable person. Sometimes, you need to bring a person that you believe can do the job before you decide what you truly want and need in the next permanent candidate. In closing, I hope that we do not dwell on the emotions of any election result. America continues onward. Our road ahead is quite tough. We are seeing job cuts in tech the potential collapse of a major crypto provider. The near future may be cloudy. But, we must continue to be hopeful and persevere. We must continue to advance opportunity, growth, diversity, and self-governance. We must remember that the power resides in the people, not exclusive to the government. I thank Jennifer for her continued contributions. Also, I thank the audience for taking the time to experience this episode of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. We truly appreciate your viewership and continue to collaborate to ensure we offer common sense and informative content. The Christopher Peter Review features not only this podcast, but feature commentary from Christopher Peter and news coverage via yours truly. Please continue to visit the Christopher Peter Review channel at www.crcrvw.com daily for new podcast episodes, commentary, news coverage, and curated news content as well. Our focus is always providing objective common-sense analytical content centered on facts, evidence, and data. We leave the partisanship and political hysteria to other sources. Thank you once again for experiencing this podcast episode and we will see you next time.